yet. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Welcome to This is a Takeover. I'm Shelby Ray Patterson. And I'm Gina Bradford. And we are here to discuss Backlash 2023. But oh, oh. first off, how are you doing, Gina? I am grand. How are you doing, Miss Shelby? Chugging this Diet Coke I like my life depends you. on it. I see you. <laughs> and I chugged my cheer wine or cookout cheer wine before we even started. So I'm not participating in anything to drink today because I chugged it. Well, I can't say that i really am because i'm almost done yeah, you know <laughs> what i've been drinking it well, this whole time it's be been up. real hot lately and so no, i know i've just been really thirsty so no it, it's fine yeah. and it, it's that time of year and it i've is. been downing about three of these a day i mean that's right what you now. gotta do you gotta do what you gotta do decaf coffee just doesn't cut it no it really doesn't but this guys this is a really special episode of this is the takeover we actually are being taken over <gasps> today what we have our first ever guest Yay! in the studio today we've been talking about this for forever y'all and this is really exciting for us just because we are having a shake-up going a on here for um for long walk talks and I know David Two Dogs Hayes announced that he was leaving um, yes. for his last show, which was WrestleMania, which, I mean, if y'all haven't heard that episode, it's it's Please a really go good listen one. To it. I'm not biased just because I've been on the past like 5,000 <laughs> shows, um, but it was a really fun one, and I think it was a good one for him to go off yeah, on. That was but nice he one. did announce who his predecessor was going to be, and that's who is joining us today for This is a Takeover. We have Mr. Robert Brafford. How are you doing? Doing well. Nicknamed TBD. Yes, we will fi- <laughs> yeah. we'll figure it out. Honestly, Dogs was really good at giving people, people nicknames. He gave all of us nicknames. Yes, but... Um, Gina doesn't necessarily like hers, I don't think. Well, but it was... You never identify with it. What? No, I think it's just a little too on the nose. <laughs> Which, and then do you, do you know what hers is, Robert? It was uh, Gina, bless your heart, Belmont? Yes. Before the name before change. The yeah. name change. Before yeah. the name change. Before the name change. But I, I mean... It's, he's not wrong. It's <laughs> I say it, but also I have had people say that to me. So hey, I mean, fair. I now have people who call me Death Ray in my real life. So <laughs> You have a co-worker. I do, which is great. I have a co-worker, shout out to Jamie, who listens Jamie. to the show. Um, he, he literally calls me Death Ray every single day. So it's he really does. fun. Not not the worst nickname to have around an office, really. It's not. It could, <laughs> it could be a lot worse. <laughs> oh man! On the last episode, David dropped a rowdy Robert Bradford on me, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if I can live up to that comparison of you know a man of such an esteemed wrestling and film career. Film. But... Film. <laughs> I, I mean, you're, you're, are you laughing at They Live? That is a very serious <laughs> film. Gina. Yes, I mean Robert, the most serious. Robert, only one can try. You know, so we'll we'll figure it out and we'll, you know, if we'll test out different ones and if Rowdy sticks, it sticks, yeah. you know, I'm but of rude. Mm-hmm. Mm, we can find. Well, yes. Robert Rude is already somebody in I wrestling, know. so we kind of can't take that one. Glorious. That's true. <laughs> Glorious. That one. Well, Robert, we're very excited for you to be here. Um, yay. Yeah. So we um, we thought it would be fun to bring you on just to kind of 
um, introduce you to the listeners who may not have heard your to guest, the peeps. your guest appearances on this as a work. I was thinking about it. I think my last appearance was uh, Double or Nothing for AEW in 2021. Oh wow! Oh. So if I'm not mistaken, the last thing uh, listeners to Longwell Podcast heard me say was "Redeem these nuts." So <laughs> much as that would have been a fitting sign off forever, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to you know. Let that coda be washed away and, and start something fresh. And now. the best thing is, is, I know, I know you went back and you were like, "What was the last thing I said?" I know you went back and listened to make sure. So I know that is what you said. I, hey, speaking of from experience, when when I came on the show, because I I was a guest host um, for this as a work twice before we started the show, I went back. Uh, to try to find my first episode when I came back yeah. on the show. It had been so long oh, that my episode was not even on the YouTube channel anymore. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no, I didn't realize, I didn't <laughs> yeah. realize they were dropping off from there. Yeah, so, I mean, David might have found found it and put it on there or whatever, yeah. but, like, I went back and I'm like, I can't find this anywhere. And I'm like, oh, oh this is so sad because I actually really liked that one. That was a fun one. <laughs> I'm okay that my first one, if, if it's not around anymore, because if I remember, that was, I think, Super Showdown back in, 2018 2019 oh wow yeah and i think that was something that got decided like the night of so i had just like a couple of hand scratch notes like i I had no prep or anything oh sure was that the one that we had sorry i almost burped uh the one we had to switch that might have been it. i think think that that was was i remember that night because something was happening for me for a show or something that's crazy i don't remember what but yeah well we are happy that you're here. Welcome. And also, you have brought something to participate in our What Are You Drinking segment. Yes. yes. Um, because for those of you who know, I can't participate in drinking alcohol for at least another month. Just, you know, um, unless she decides to bust in early. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who I, knows? I am almost at my eight-month mark at this point, so really anything you're can happen. It. You're making it. Yeah, so no much you, longer. you brought something, Robert, to uh, to share with the class. <laughs> What did you bring? Well, so in the spirit of what y'all do, I decided I'm going to just try to get like a special bottle of something for each of these pay-per-views, something that kind of matches up thematically. And so since uh, the uh, premium live event that we'll be talking about today took place on the island of Puerto Rico, I got a bottle of Puerto Rican rum, Ron del Barrelito Three Star. Oh, okay. It's a very old mm-hmm. brand, apparently brewed the same way, or excuse me, distilled the same way since 1880. Just Dang. a very traditional ah. style. and Okay. Yeah, rum is not necessarily my go-to spirit, but I have to say I'm really enjoying this one. Ted, he will Ted? be very happy that you'll you know that you'll have this one for sure, and that we'll be bringing it to share later. Of course. <laughs> well, let's just go ahead and jump on in. Um, so our first first off, I just want to uh, talk about the crowd. Oh my for this, wow! Just for the not even just for this opener, no. but just for the entire pay per view. I feel like they were at an eleven. The entire show, which is is really impressive to me, and I feel like is kind of the norm when it comes to um, like out of out of the country yes. crowds. So like anywhere that's not America, yeah. I feel like we are so desensitized. Yeah, now we take with, it for granted. We do because we have programming here. It's like oh yeah, like they're in Boston, and then tomorrow times, they're in California. Exactly, and we yeah. have it like two times a week, right, yeah. with Raw and SmackDown, and then we have it one at least once a month with pay per views. Yeah, but like you have you go to these places like um, 
Well, Japan is a totally different atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you have like Puerto Rico and you have England. Yeah, I was thinking Clash at the Castle is probably the last time I heard a crowd that just seemed like they were this invested in what was going on. Especially now that they don't have NXT UK. They were they uh-huh. were ready to see some wrestling, y'all. Well, and here and here's the thing: like when you go to a place like Puerto Rico, where they don't normally have a pay per view, yeah. or really any anything besides like live events that Which they go we, do sometimes, like they're starved, like you said, for programming. Yeah, and so like when they first went to Saudi Arabia, it was like that, right? That first ever Saudi show that was they yeah. cheered. I think it was for i can't remember for who it was but it was literally for someone like taker or brock lesnar or something wasn't it for like i want to say it was goldberg i think goldberg i remember hulk hogan came out to and it's you know i am a real american and this Uh saudi crowd is just going nuts for it because it's hulk freaking hogan yeah but Mm. it's like you have their they just don't ever see it and i think i think seeing the programming that we've seen post backlash i think it really does show the difference in the crowds yeah absolutely. because you have the puerto rican crowd that was just living their best life dancing yeah like singing like chanting and then you came back over for raw and they had to do the pipe piping crowd noises oh again. my gosh there was one time i remember us watching that this the front row you know of the very clearly rich people for the saudi show were all on their phones and they kept trying to redirect the cameras at least four separate times because this one guy who was in the center of the front row who clearly just bought it because he had the money to buy it and he was on his phone the, the whole show. Right. And it's like, and then there's Puerto Rico and it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about Zelina and like all of the other, you know, proud you know, they're such a proud people. And so oh, yeah. it's just so fun to watch the pop. Um, but it just, it's not even a pop for once. It just went through the whole show. It really did. And I feel like it just made a difference. And it really influenced certain matches. Because Absolutely. I feel like leading into this first one. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this oh, yeah. one I was really excited to talk about. Oh, Because we have, it's for the Raw Women's Championships. So you have Bianca Belair and eo sky which i was so excited that eo was going to be in this match like oh my gosh like oh but what was interesting to me was you started out and it was the typical like okay bianca is the is the face like the babyest of faces at this (laughs) point right and then you have eo who's with this heel faction that you don't really know what she is you don't really know you've never known what eo's deal is even unless back, you're like you know real nxt like you know or you're like, or you're a trash can or she, she, she's, the she's, that's, that's her mortal enemy is the trash can <laughs> or her best friend whichever she can use to further her advantage honestly but that's kind of been a running thing with damage control is they'll do yeah. sort of generic heel stuff like the run-ins and the interference but yeah. like Despite being three of arguably the best female talents on the roster, thank you. Mm-hmm. Arguably in the world, mm-hmm. it's just like what what is their deal? What do they want? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's when they came on at SummerSlam. I think everyone was like so keen and oh, was yeah. so excited. I mean these these were the like the first like Triple H project, right? Like yes. they were the first ones. I mean Dakota Kai coming back oh. from being released. And then EO moving up, thinking we thinking she was going to be released, and then yeah, literally that on, was so close. literally on her way back to Japan oh. when you know 
Hunter she, was like, psych. I was like, no, please stay. <laughs> but I feel like with this match, you had EO with her original entrance, which I was so happy she didn't have to do I the damage control. Forgot. I almost forgot. I started hearing the music and then I was like, wait a minute. And then I, I saw her come out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I it's, hadn't heard it in so long. It's such a breath of fresh air. Just in like the strobe and like with her, with her jacket and the feather hood. Like it's just such a cool aesthetic. That I feel like she such has been missing since she joined Damage Control. There's something that, and I feel like this is especially a Joshi thing, but there's just so much characterization in like every aspect mm. of costume and presentation. Absolutely. Like by the time they get to the ring, they you you know what they're about. Yeah. I, yeah, and and that's that's that style, right? Like from the very moment that you your music hits, like that's your character. Yeah. Right. That is Japanese wrestling. That's that is. Um, Oh, sorry. Why am I blanking on the name of the Japanese theater? Kabuki? Kabuki. That's what it is. Yes. That's Kabuki theater. Yes. Like the moment you step on stage, there's no dead air. None. Right? From the moment you enter, from the moment you exit, like you are that character. Everything you do, everything you say, everything you breathe is that character. And I think that's why I just, everyone's so drawn to Japanese wrestlers. Yeah. Because they tell a story even from their entrance even when they breathe <laughs> yeah so you have that to start off with and so the crowd is reacting accordingly right yeah and i think it's worth noting bianca and eo both got cheers when they entered yes that is in, true in the context of what comes later mm-hmm. they both got a pop when they came in mm-hmm. and then what happens later gets interesting yeah because as the match goes on the crowd turns on bianca to the point where EO is basically the face. Yeah. And Bianca is the heel, according to the crowd. And I'll give it to both of them because I don't think they flipped fully, but I do think there were elements that Bianca played down the baby face a little bit. Oh, yeah. Which I'm like, that, I'm like, her right professional. Her right (laughs) eyebrow started to twitch a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, ooh. Ooh, is that could that be a thing? Like, I think could the, that could well, and she could we though, and she so, like, started to like uh-huh. taunt her a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. So I was like, oh, but like, but what if though? Oh, I wanted to happen. Like, what if, I I want this heel turn to happen so bad for oh. her because if they don't get her in a faction, just let her be a faction. Well, on no, her own. she doesn't need to be in a faction. That's I not know. what I'm saying, but like she, I don't trust anything with creative. I'm trying to I imagine know. like. <laughs> I really don't. I'm trying to imagine heel Bianca. At this point, it's kind of like imagining a heel John Cena, where it's just like, how does this person go from like entering like with all of the inspirational school children doing their gymnastics? Oh, to- I can t- I can tell you. Do you remember the Sasha match where her hair was used? Let's just put it that way. I think that the hair will be integral. And she does to that beating. She does that to the children. I see where you're going with this. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Yes, she just goes ahead and slaps all them children in the face with her hair. But to but to Gina's point, when she debuted in NXT, she was a heel. She was. Which is really hard for me to imagine because I don't think I was watching it with y'all back then. Right. But oh. that's Honestly, to me, I I enjoy Bianca a lot, but I really prefer her as a heel because she just came in and she wasn't like I'm that bitch or, you know, anything like that. It was more of like try me. You're going you, you're going to step to you me. You're going to mess around. This is what's going to happen. You're going to find out. Right. And so she would use her hair 
she would taunt mm-hmm. people she would i mean there was she was really good at it and it was it was a really interesting choice i think i feel like when she moved up that they turned her face yeah which i'm like okay like she's she's done it in the past like she kind of switched back and forth when she was in nxt but i was like okay maybe they'll do this for a little bit and then it just like took off and like the kids just the love kids. her yeah. and the little girls that dress up as her oh yeah but but here's the thing though i know that this is debatable but bailey was the same way oh but that turn was the well, there were, let's remember, there were, it, it took were, a little while for people to come around on Bailey's heel turn. I know, oh, yeah. but people are there, right? Like, people have now, most people have accepted it, Yeah, right? But <laughs> not everyone's going to accept everything, right? I'm, I'm having flashbacks to your Halloween costume. Oh, best. man, I was so pissed. It was so funny. <laughs> man, so for listeners who don't know, I was going to be Bailey and my husband was going to be a Bailey buddy for halloween so good and it was gonna be so great he got like the wacky inflatable tube man costume i I straightened my hair it was amazing like for those of you who have seen pictures of me i have very curly hair so it took a long ass time it was effort the week of halloween (laughs) she turns heel (laughs) and she demolishes her bailey buddies on tv and i literally i didn't (laughs) i didn't cry no i came close but it was great because <laughs> I just decided to be heel Bailey and didn't put my hair in a ponytail and just did the mom bob and I I uh, slit holes in the costume. And it was so <laughs> like Ted was deflated. It was perfect. It was great, and I had a little hatchet. Like it was great. It was so like good. it worked, but at the same time, it just wrecked my whole week. <laughs> but my my point is, I feel like it can happen because bailey was an inspiration to little girls and she was the babiest of baby faces yeah and then she decided i don't want to do this anymore she's like and i want to go and do a different direction so i think if given the opportunity it could work but i think for right because right now she she's run through well because she retains yep right which it is a great match if and you do want to like, really, watch it. it. it it's was. a great technical match. And she retains in the face of inter because both um Dakota and Bailey do not enter with EO, but they yes. do run in later in the match to try to intervene. Which I audibly yelled out, No <laughs> Go away. And it was really interesting. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the crowd actually did the same thing. Yeah. So, like the match was doing just fine. It's not like it, it didn't need it, in it my did, opinion. It did not. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I feel like across all brands and all companies, this is a scapegoat that we like to do for women's matches when mm-hmm. we don't really know how to end it or we don't know what to do with the story. Or there's a part of a faction that's not being involved, but they still are like, oh, well, we have to show them somehow. Because they need to be relevant. Because exa- I didn't want to say, you said it. Well, it yes, felt like kind of putting a little it. sticker on EO to just say, remember, she's still a heel and will be that, you know, next week and going forward. Sure. Even if for the duration of this entire match, she's working as a baby face trying to out-wrestle Bianca. Like, she doesn't... Yeah, but she... she ha- The thing is, she had it. Like, she so, had the in match. The bag. In and, the bag. But I think it's supposed to... I know it's supposed to be a plot device. People who are screaming at me at home, I know. We, it's we, it's we, supposed to further the story, and I get it. it. We see it. But I'm just, I'm tired of seeing it in women's matches. I feel Specifically like. Specifically women's matches. Because I, I feel like AEW that. does it a lot with their women's division. 
um they have run-ins where people just beat people up and then the match is either DQ'd or that's how the match ends or, you know, whatever. But I feel like to me, it's a little, it's a little lazy and she could have, Bianca still could have won without any, and then damage yeah. control could have come out later. And then EO was like, well, where, where were you? Like, why didn't you help me? The, there's so many different, you know, there's, choices. there's just different ways you could go about it. And I feel like yeah. it's just repetitive to me. And I was really enjoying the match up until then. And I feel like the crowd was too. Because when you saw the reaction when they realized damage control was running in. Yeah. They were like, no. Like they're like (laughs) waving their arms like in front of them. Which is fun. Because they really got into it. Well, I think it kind of goes back to, again, the general aimlessness of damage control's faction. Because like there isn't really a story to them coming in except that's what the bad guys do. That's what they do. Right. So there's not like, well, this is happening as like a culmination. It's just like, well, no, but this should happen before Bianca retains. Yeah. And and she does. She hits, because what happens is Bailey tries to hold her Bianca's ponytail mm-hmm. and is unsuccessful in keeping her still for EO to hit the moonsault, which I still don't know how that woman she never looks blindly no. does her moonsault every single time. She's like, if you're going to be there, you're going to be there. And if not, I'm just going to eat it because <laughs> she ne- you watch her. She never checks to see if anybody's there. Three to times her. in Genius a row. In the sky. I exactly. just, I said that back to back to back. So, and thankfully they're bringing that nickname back for her. Thank, thank God. God. But, so um, cool. yeah, so that makes it so that Bianca can hit the KOD and a very forceful KOD. Um, but yeah, that was pretty nice. And she retains, which is now, she is now the longest reigning women's title holder, which is really cool. Which is cool. I love me some Bianca. In one of those bits of like WWE, uh, technical things they kept insisting well it's modern era because apparently trish stratus had something in the early yeah but yeah there's always gonna be some caveat (laughs) since the women's title became an actual thing that wrestlers Uh competed for and had competitive matches over yeah bianca's the longest reigning i mean i gave this match a four a solid four i i enjoyed it i thought it they in the triple h era of of matches and pay-per-views that we've been having he and he has shown this with takeovers in the past. He knows how to do an opening bout. Like he knows how to have a good opener that draws you in because that second match is always going to be <laughs> your filler. Right. Which I mean, going into the next one, let's go right ahead. Did Turn we want to along. talk about the uh, segment between those two? Where Oh, and, uh, I, we usually don't. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. foreshadowing I, for later i i never remember the segments to be honest yeah. with you i i honest, i usually am getting a, a drink or a snack at that point or <laughs> going to the bathroom. um but we have um almost versus seth rollins which everyone was so upset about when this was made because it's they were just, like it makes no sense why? which it doesn't but i think that this is there's you know rumors Everybody knows, like, what has happened over the past, like, six months to a year with Vince McMahon leaving and then kind of coming back. And maybe he's back. Maybe he's not back. Maybe he's creating. Maybe right. He's maybe, he's, maybe he's involved with creative. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's, like, not, not even alive. Who knows? There's a man like, who looks a lot <laughs> like Vince McMahon. Don't give me false hope. 
But he has a mustache, so we can't be sure if it's the same person hanging and out at Gorilla. I think he has different color hair now, too. Yeah, like, right? Impossible to say. We know it's you and your creepy ass, yeah, Vince. Trying, trying to be Gomez Adams. Like, I just, <laughs> I really can't. I, w- I think a demented Walt. <laughs> I think oh. a demented Walt Disney. I w- I've heard I've heard a melted Walt Disney. Like Ooh. he just like a little bit like like like, like a melted ice cream like no. bar of Walt Disney. <laughs> well, he came out of the defroster. Clearly, like, ah. <laughs> the air conditioning breaks in Madame Tussauds, and now boom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. Exactly. Exactly. But you have matches like this, and then people start to speculate because then because Vince really likes almost. A lot. Big man. Big, big man wrestler. He's so big and big, he, big he can hit people and <laughs> do big, big man things. Like, <laughs> Men make fire. The thing is, it's fine to an extent. I think he's actually a really good big man. They just, mm-hmm. the company's not in a place where they can book him in like a dominant run. Like he's not going to take a title. He's I not going to beat any of their, he's not going to beat Roman. He's not going to beat Brock. <laughs> he's not going to beat any of the people that would really establish him as, oh my gosh, this guy's a force in the division. It's just this seven foot three guy throwing mid carters and jobbers around, which looks cool, but like he lost at WrestleMania and I mean not to give it away for night, but he, he loses to Rollins. Yeah. Right. And he doesn't win ever, to your yeah. point. Right. No. Like and but at the same time, I understand why people are like, He can't wrestle, he can't do this, he can't it's like he's not supposed to because I mean he's but this match in particular I think was the best w- I've seen him technically, yes. but yeah. I think acting beca- wise too. It's because of Rollins. Well, always. I mean, Rollins has this just energy that you just feed off of. He can work with anyone. He, you know, makes any you know storyline go over. Yeah. So it's infectious. It really is. Uh, I can only imagine if you're working with him in the ring, and like there was even eye acting. From almost like some the, some of his big old eyebrows were actually moving and doing stuff, and you, he started you, talking to the crowd. Like you really do emphasize the eyes a lot. I, that is the thing that you I, notice. I very much <laughs> like if if someone's up there making a promo and their eyes are not in it and they just have that glazed look. I don't believe you. I I don't believe <laughs> you. I don't. You could be talking about how your mama died on the side of the road. And if your eyes are just sitting there like I'm in Bucky's on a Tuesday, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> you gotta feel all of it. And I, I very much appreciate a face actor. I do. So. Gina can always tell the uh, Stanislavski versus you know, just the, the schools of, <laughs> oy, of technique that each uh, that each wrestler has has tried to employ in their acting. I, I mean, we are classically trained <laughs> actors, Robert. <laughs> We did study the works, <laughs> but I, I didn't hate this match. And I feel no. like I have reviewed a lot of almost matches at this point, And I have been very critical and yeah. did not like it because he just had two or three moves that he did. And he really didn't do them all that well. Yeah. But I think this match with Seth challenged him because Seth is not going to He'll put you over. He can put a freaking broomstick over in the middle of the <laughs> ring. But he he he's going to help you out. But at the same time, you're still going to meet him where he's at. Yeah. Right? L- like, the moment where Seth goes to do his signature slam. Oh, that, the curb stomp? The curb stomp. Yeah. That one time. So he put, you know, his foot on the back of almost his neck. And I actually was like, <gasps> like, I actually made a noise being like, 
oh snap his neck is that strong and then i think about it i'm like his neck is literally the size of a tree trunk yes it's that strong because almost like, just does not go down it's not even no, no selling it. he just does not he was move like no when that, when Rollins but boot hits him out of all of the big guy moves that makes sense for him like th- there was some story like psychology like mm-hmm. it, it felt nice because it did take Seth going all the way to the top rope to do a top rope curb stomp to put him down. I don't know if I've ever seen him (laughs) do that version before. And there was also, I actually missed this the first time, but uh, when uh, Rollins starts doing multiple curb stomps in a row, at one point, MVP slides his cane oh, into the yeah, ring for almost about a that. catch. Oh. I, yeah, I didn't yeah. see it the first time, but Gina pointed it out. Yeah. But like it goes we under Omos, like go he, he catches it, and then Seth just immediately hits him with a curb stomp, so Omos's face goes down and hits it, and then it's out of the ring again. So he never oh. brings it up. So or the gets camera to guys it. messed up. The okay. camera guys messed up. Because originally I thought it was his hand out and his like the shadow of the ropes. Uh-huh. And I just was like, oh, I messed up. That was dumb on my part. And then I went back and I was like, no, it is the cane. Interesting. So I, I wonder why maybe that was just a botched spot. that they, I think that so. Work. But I was really glad because once again, that would have been two matches back to back with attempted chicanery. <laughs> That's true. And that would have been boring as hell. Again, yeah. a, a seven foot three, 400 plus pound guy should not cane. need a foreign object <laughs> It's like, oh, no, now I can really do some damage to this Rollins guy. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Um, But, yeah, I just I I agree with you. I feel like there was more psychology in this one. I feel like it was just more fun to watch overall. And I feel, you know, Seth goes over, but in a way that is like, oh, he had to do a modification (laughs) of his finisher to be able to pin him. Yeah. Which I think tells a better story than the ones that have come before i three? guess uh yeah i did i gave it a three <laughs> three yeah, yeah. Three. I, I mean it's it's a very basic story like a huge guy with a small guy trying it's to take david him down, and goliath and they, complex and they told it really well mm-hmm. like yeah. they, they executed the beats very smoothly yeah which i think is a um a trope that they've been using with him but it yeah. actually seemed to work this time <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's my opinion yeah um so our next match is the triple threat match for the u.s championship so we have austin theory versus bobby lashley versus bronson reed i have missed this man bronson reed i love bronson reed i just wrote his name in all caps like he's just he is like he's a big guy he's a big man right but like he's he's like he's like a keith lee right like he is so agile and just that that australian style of just like Tasmanian devil just throwing caution <laughs> to the wind but also like one of my moves is I'm just gonna jump from the top rope and just squash you yeah because I can it's, it's like a mix because I am almost 400 pounds yeah it's like a like, mix of the the cartoon Tasmanian devil and Andre the giant thrown together the, the go home on you this know what match, I mean though it I do, starts yeah. with a moonsault from Bronson Reed. Oh, sure does. Like that, and a it, it's beautiful not, And it's not just like a fall backward, barely make it over. Like no. that's elevation, smooth turn. No, nah, he hits it. Oh. You know, he, and I, I, I feel, I, I'm very happy that he got brought back and I'm happy that he's in the spot that he's in. I hate that he's the one that has to take I, the pin on this I, because who else is going to take the pin? That's exactly what I said. I said, but why couldn't it have been anyone else? Why couldn't it have been Theory? Why could, and like, I no. know, I know, I no. know. Listeners, I know. 
I have hope. And leave me alone. Also, they really screwed Bobby over with WrestleMania. They're not going to make him take the pin on this. <gasps> here's here's what I why wish. Why do they have to be Bronson? If Bronson is going to be the one who takes the pin, because a thing happens in this triple threat match that is pretty common where two of the participants will decide they're both going to go after the third guy, try to take him down, and mm-hmm. then turn on each other. Sure. And that and this one kind of came out with uh, Bronson and Austin double teaming, Lashley trying to keep him down. And then in a very nice bit, um, like they get him in the corner, like Austin does a running elbow, turns, and then just walks straight into like a, <laughs> a check by Bronson Reed. Yeah. I would have liked to see Austin and Bobby double teaming Bronson, which I know isn't the way they're going to book Lashley. Mm. Ooh. But if, if Bronson's going to eat the pin at the end, I wish we'd gotten to see the other guys having to team up to chop him down a little bit. Yeah. No, I like that. That that would have, I think that would have, well, told a better story, obviously, yeah. but it would have made Bronson look hella good for yeah. sure even even with eating the pin yeah because at least then it's like okay like like with the way that the match actually ended lashley was the one that was technically supposed to get which the I, pin. i'm just i'm raising my hand yes i called the finish of this match did you really from the very beginning Ooh. so i said i said austin hunter is, did you hear that austin catching is on to you Austin's or is gonna it retain he's gonna retain but He's not going to do it on his own. Yep. He's going to have, like, Bronson's going to eat the pin because in this, si- in this situation, like, that's the one that made the most sense, right? Yeah. Bobby's going to hit a finisher. It's either going to be a spear or whichever other one. I can't remember what the other one. More than likely, it's going to be a spear. Hit a spear. Austin's going to throw him out of the ring or roll him out or mm-hmm. incapacitate him in some way, and then he's going to take the pin. Yeah. Because mm. it's, it is not time for Austin to drop the belt yet. I mean, it's just not like, yeah. Oh, and I will say that one of those spears scared the piss out of me because Bobby's (laughs) head was so tucked in that I thought that his chin was going to bust his sternum. I was freaking out. (laughs) I really did. I thought his whole head was going to go through his sternum. Sometimes spears. Yeah. Yeah. They they can be just as scary as like a pile driver to me. Like everyone gets Roman's angle perfect. But it's because it's Roman. I Roman know. does like a That's running football saying. tackle. Lashley's thing is always interesting because like he oh, hits he them football. and then he like rotates over his left shoulder. Like he turns and lands on his back in the mat after he speared yeah. the guy. And I've always been like, how does, I it's think, weird that he's why? bouncing off of them. I think it's, that's, I don't know if that's the technical way to do it or not, Probably but not. I, that is the more common way I've seen it done because Ricky Stark also does it that way. Um, that's true I didn't a think lot of that. other people who use spears edge does it that way um well, i think edge has to worry about neck issues so i think he's i will much. say pre-neck issues edge I, would do it that way um but hmm. uh, there's a there's a lot of other wrestlers who do the turn a little bit i think it's supposed to be safer i don't know but we're not experts i'm just from what i from my knowledge of watching and seeing lots of different spears yeah Roman is the one who does it more like a football tackle than anybody else. Yeah. But Bobby's spears are killer. <laughs> like they, they are really, really good. They're nasty. I I was just scared because it was so strong that I thought his head, his own head was going to go through his chest. I enjoyed this match. For some reason to me, it felt really short. I would have put it in the second spot. It was one of the shortest mm. ones. It was less than it was uh, just That's under seven minutes long. Right, and for me, really a triple threat being under seven minutes that that seems pretty short to me. 
but I think it was because obviously we know what comes later yeah. and they need, they knew they needed to account for time. And I totally understand. Yeah. But to me, it felt it was a little rushed, but I mean, other than that, I really, I did enjoy this. Yeah. There was one thing that I noticed at one point, um, Bronson gets up on the top turnbuckle. I think he's going to splash. He's trying to splash Lashley who's in the ring. And then theory hits the top rope causing, um, Bronson to fall and sort of pancake on the turnbuckle. And he's just sort of stuck there for a moment. And I just think we need to acknowledge that this proves scientifically. No, no. That Bronson no. Reed weighs less than the demon Finn Balor because those ropes did not break for him. It took me a moment to remember where this was going because I remember you talking about this with me in person. I was like, Shelby's going to kill you. I've been compiling a list <laughs> of wrestlers who are you. demonstrably lighter than the demon Finn oh, Balor, the, and Bronson Reed the, is now on that list. The angry dimple is out, y'all. The angry dimple is out. You do know you're new here, right? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, this could be a trial episode. <laughs> Look at that. Mm, yes, take a sip of that rum. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point, but I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Kate thinks I hate it. Um, but but yes, I, I feel like I gave this a three and a half. No, I went three, but yeah. I yeah, three I mean, I, I feel if it went a little bit longer. Yeah. I think I would have bumped it up a little bit. Um, so then we go on to the SmackDown Women's Championship, which is Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega. Oh, that's what, and everyone awes collectively, right? Like, oh. it just, <laughs> mommy, which I, I love that they are treating. This is going to sound really weird, but I think you guys will understand. I'm here for it. They are treating Rhea as a male wrestler yes yes because they're she was the number one draft pick for she's smackdown like china. she is yes oh <gasps> she's like she's get, she's being given the china treatment because yes. she is in a faction right now but she was not drafted with her faction her faction and her are on the same brand but she was drafted separate oh, right like she was for, not oh. she was drafted alone and in the first round and judgment day was drafted later hell yeah I mean, she's pretty hands down been booked as the most dominant member of that faction in well, like she's her individual matches. The only one that has a title yeah. right now. <laughs> but I just, I love the way that they are booking her because not only is she like the most evil I think I've ever seen her be, oh, but like her. Did you see her mess with that kid in the crowd? I love it. <laughs> I, I, if you're, if you are going to be a heel, you got to go like, for the kid. Seriously. <laughs> like Throat punch him. <laughs> As as a person who is carrying one right now, like if they're there, they're there. You know, you like just gotta take the punch. <laughs> but I just oh I just love the way that she is being booked right now. Yes. Like her her aesthetic, her music, like oh. the way that Dominic is like the way that they are interacting with one another. Mm -hmm. I just I love I, I was weirded out by it at first just because it it does seem strange, but they are the same age. Yeah, that's what kind of blows. <laughs> you know my what mind. I mean? They are both twenty six. I looked it up. It's a rare thing where you've got a really goofy story that everybody involved is having exactly the right amount of fun with. <laughs> okay, but also if we're gonna yeah. really compare two, I think it's okay, and I I don't want this to sound bad because it's her being in charge. Yeah. Because let's go ahead and take another example from within the Mysterio family. I was hoping someone was going to bring this up. Where Buddy Murphy <laughs> was dating. 
they're not the same age. But huge age difference. Significantly older than I think she was nineteen when they were doing this. I think it was segment. (sighs) Yeah. Yes. And he's in his thirties. I don't imagine he was having fun with it either. Uh, Well, I bet you can tell. I bet they laugh their asses off now. She comes home and she's like, "Bro." Yeah, because fun (laughs) fact: Rhea Ripley and Buddy Matthews, as he goes by now, are dating in real life. Best. Which like, can we just talk about like the most muscly couple on the planet? Oh man, like. Yeah, does it hurt to cuddle? I would imagine so. <laughs> you put a boulder in between and it would turn to gravel. No, they, it would they, just, they be, like just make just, diamonds. They like, both have like know. perfect trapezoid torsos. You you really do wonder like, <laughs> I mean, one of their shoulders has to go through a bed frame like oh. every time. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, there was a, I think I sent it to you on Instagram. Uh, Rhea had posted because on her um, booty shorts, it says Dom on each cheek, mm-hmm. which is, that's just a Dom Dom. That's what hilarious. she is. Um, but she was just like, yeah, I got my man on my butt or something like that. And then underneath, <laughs> Buddy Murphy commented and he said, but my hands belong there. <laughs> and I was like, ah! I love it. Cross brand promotion. Let's it's do like, it. Let's, oh my let's do it. On that note, I was a little sad that uh, Zelina Vega's own, you know, satanic hubby wasn't. Uh, that wasn't was there upsetting. I can that imagine was. that he might have like ducked down behind the barricade when the camera went over I and mean, then just popped back up when because, it was done. But. Because we watch it and we watch AEW, all of us, uh, he was on that show. Like, wasn't it Friday? Wasn't he on Friday? Or we was have, it we Wednesday? Have, we didn't watch that Rampage. We missed that oh, one. Okay. Rampage, I, Rampage is recorded earlier anyway. No, I know. But I'm still saying, like, even if, like, how could he have gotten to Puerto Rico in time? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And it just sucks, though. But can we can we talk about her cape? We can talk about the cape. Yeah. yeah. It was so cool. It was, it was really cool. So she had... She had this cape that when she put her arms out, um, outstretched her arms, it was the Puerto Rican flag. And it was huge. It was enormous. Like, And she's a very tiny person. Yes. So it literally enveloped her. And of course, the crowd went nuts. So she's, uh, she's not born in Puerto Rico, but her whole family is from there. She's born from, or born in Brooklyn. Yes. But it was just so sweet. And then, oh, the ending. But I won't well, get with, there yet. With her her. Family was ringside, and I think I wrote down, I was like, Zelina doesn't have a shot at all in hell, but like, damn, did you really root for her, you know? But it was weird, because it's like, you were rooting for her, but it's also like, but I love me some Rhea Ripley. There was no doubt in my mind how this was going to go. It's the nice feeling where, unlike a lot of the time when Vince sort of plays the hometown uh, favorite gets crushed card. Yeah. Here it just sort of felt like, okay, we know she's not going to win, but we're going to take the moment for her yes. and the crowd's energy and just make it feel like she's just having the time of her life, even if there's not really any point where we believe Rhea, this is Rhea's time to drop the title. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they had some really fun spots, like with the flip-flop. You know, <laughs> that ch- was so Chunkla, funny. I believe. Chunkla. Chunkla. So I know that that's, that's something Yeah, that's it, Hispanic heritage, it's, right? Essentially... Or, um, most you know how your mama would have something that she would threaten you with that you would hold like like dad like my grandmother would hold a ruler mm-hmm. for my dad and was like try me okay do something the chunkla the slipper or uh, the sandal flip flop right flip flop essentially it was used anywhere and everywhere like mothers today still use chunklas like and they will throw them at you like it's not a yeah it is definitely like Oh, you messing around? Bam. 
And so that's why she threw it too. Cause okay. like, that's like, it's a big cultural thing. I, I figured as much yeah. that it was very similar. <laughs> Cause I was, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, okay. From me being from the South here oh, yeah. in America, I would equate it to my parents being like, all right, go pick your switch out. Yeah. That, you know, exactly. like that type of thing. Um, except you didn't know when it was coming. Right. Like you could just get a chunk out of the back of the head and you'd have no idea. And you'd be like, what did I do? I did love Rhea's reaction to it because like <laughs> she kind of threw it and it almost didn't hit her. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Rules well, okay. over okay, here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, if I'm stepping into <laughs> the place of David Rules. Two Dogs Hayes, I've got to channel sure. him for a moment and I've got to point out that was a foreign object coming into the <laughs> ring and the referee just ignored it. Rhea Ripley was right to look furious. That was really good. I'm, I'm, that, that's going to come out occasionally. It's like he yeah. was here. What? That's crazy. Dogs, what'd you get here? <laughs> but I, I, I did enjoy it and there were, yes. there were some really good spots. Like, really nice spots. Uh, I think Zelina, um, countered a riptide into a ddt oh that yeah, was so that was like, really good the, which, which they, they had done before they had done previously on some matches that were leading up to this match that makes sense um but it, it still is really cool like it's something that i think zelina has perfected at this point and it does look really cool every single time and because she's so oh, tiny and she yeah. and Rhea is so big yes and it just it it makes the height difference just even cooler oh i bet they get to talk all the time backstage about like you know oh well my hubby's you know because they're together their hubbies are literally in together in a faction like yeah. oh but um her face when she pulled that ddt and she's sw- it was so funny she was like I- oh shit i just did Re- that ria's facials are on point i always. think my favorite uh zelina had a like a kind of heavy strike offensive and she came off the ropes and ria caught her with a headbutt and there was a moment uh, where Zelina goes down and Rhea's sort of bobbing on her feet looking out of it. And you see sort of like the focus come back into her eyes and she taps her temple like, okay, oh. still conscious, still standing. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm here. I made it. <laughs> it's like that LeVar Burton meme. Yeah, yeah, big brain. Big brain. Big brain. Big brain. <laughs> Mummy big brain. It's going to take a lot to get through this skull. <laughs> Mummy big brain. Mommy big brain. That uh, DDT you mentioned earlier, it also sets Rhea up in the 619 position, which is... <gasps> booyaka, booyaka, 619. Every time I see someone else do that move, like running at like a normal human high speed, I'm just reminded that how fast Rey Mysterio is. Like, no, no one can do it like Rey. Nobody though. can. Like, and I, I understand, like, it's it's the whole thing with, with people doing the frog splashes and the meteoras to yeah. reference Eddie, which I think is... I'm glad that she did a Meteora, not a Frog Splash, because everybody does a everybody does frog, the frog Splash. But, like, not everybody does a Meteora, and she has a really good one. Yeah. Like, she has a really good one, and so I'm glad she did that one. But I feel like everyone also now are trying to do the 619, I'm- which I think is really interesting, because Dominic did it for a while and that looked weird as hell because he's so much taller than Ray yeah. and I'm like there's just legs flying everywhere which I, and I, which still I still don't get how that happened but that's beside but with Zelina's I feel like she she's too tiny yeah. if that makes sense because when she was getting the speed up and then she just all of a sudden stops and then gets into it whereas Ray is just one fluid motion yeah and so not I'm not saying that anyone is going to do it like him, which no. I don't want them to. Yeah. But That's the whole I just point. think when you see people try to recreate it, it's such a specific move. Yeah. Because I, I can't remember there's a 
a Japanese uh, women's wrestler. Oh, oh, that does oh, the same oh, move. I know, I know what you're talking about. But I know who she, she is. She doesn't call it a six one nine, obviously, shoot. but she calls it something else. It's, it's not. Does Amy. she wrestle in America? Uh huh. It'll it'll it's come not to me. Amy. Is it? Not uh, Emmy, not Riho, not. It's she's with. She was with WWE. I know oh, that. Okay. I've seen her on WWE. It'll she, come to me later. Yeah. But people, people are probably screaming at me right now yeah. because they know who it is. <laughs> was it Saray? Um, oh. mm, mm. Well, we'll we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, but I I I feel like it is also a derivative from that move too. And I've seen I I've seen women do it. Yeah, and it looks really brutal, but I think it just for Zelina, it was a good try. I would I think I appreciate that she can at least get her legs through because there's nothing worse than watching someone do the six one nine and their foot or their shin or whatever yeah. hits that oh rope. Oh no, it's just so bad. So I at least appreciate she went through the ropes. Yeah, it was slow, but at and, least it was you know. And the finish for this one, I felt like, was interesting because it just finished. Yeah, it was just... Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it it was just... She finally was able to hit the riptide. And once she's... Which I do love when a move is protected like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just because she hadn't been able to fully hit it, Mm. really. And then when she does, then she's out. I also did guess this one. I guessed that... (laughs) That Rhea would literally like pin her and she would be the most you've seen the pictures the fold over the fold over pin she she looked like she was almost in her head like yeah like it was it's, and I, it's I like a lioness that. over a kill it's just yeah. sort of like she's she's expecting somebody else to <laughs> come into the ring also, and try to pin zelina there is exactly. still a sexual tone to it of as course. well so i was like I think that this is going to be like one of her most sexual ones that she's done so far. <laughs> I, I was like, honestly, because she's so small. It looked like, like it'll be so easy to roll her over. Yeah. And I was completely right. Like, y'all go look at the pictures it if you really want like to. It she <laughs> is about to try to fold her into a paper it's crane. Like, <laughs> like it really does. I've been on wrestling Twitter and I haven't seen anybody make any sort <laughs> you, of sexual connotation. Oh, to never. So I, don't, never. I, don't, I don't think that's, that's a thing that happens. Oh, look, your nose grew three inches. <laughs> Well, I mean, I gave this one a three and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, I did I did enjoy it, but... Oh, and then the moment she had after was... I think, yeah. I it think was part nice. of it for me, I, I do appreciate the flowers moment. Yeah. Right? Like you, especially if someone is in a home country or mm-hmm. what they consider to be like a home country. Um, I did enjoy that Rhea just kind of you know, fucked off and was just like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. bye. Um, by winning, she books it up the ramp as soon as she's done. Because then that gives Alina some yeah. time to interact with the crowd, but I felt like it was just enough. Yeah. Oh, no. And I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily mind that. Sometimes I feel like they might milk it too much, but I think in this case, I think it was, yeah, it was I, fine. And then, you know, and the tears she had, they were so real and just, oh. I do want to put a question out there, though. Ooh. We got a question? Because now we have, going forward, now that the the, the draft has happened, now who's to say that the draft even matters? <laughs> Multiple has people have been drafted as free agents, which shouldn't be a thing. That doesn't make any that's sense. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Brock Lesnar, you've been drafted to go wherever the hell you feel like. <laughs> oh, wow. Shocker on that one. <laughs> what? Um, but the SmackDown women's champion, Rhea, is on Raw. Mm-hmm. And the Raw Women's Champion 
Bianca is on SmackDown. SmackDown. And they've done this before. Oh. If anyone remembers oh. the last time no. that they did this. No, you said it. And then I was like, oh, shit. Was with Becky and Charlotte. Oh, f- And this is when the whole beef came out with them. Oh. Right? So they basically did a title swap. That's right. Which I don't, I don't like. Right. I, I don't like. Why... Why couldn't you have just kept Rhea and Judgment Day on SmackDown and kept Bianca on Raw? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like this, this is not actually a random or a, like a backstage negotiated thing. Like, somebody sits down and chooses which names go on which list. Yeah. Exactly. Because if you look at who they were both up against at Backlash, EO is also a SmackDown competitor. So if she would have won the title, she wouldn't have taken it back to Raw, she would have kept it on SmackDown. Same with Rhea and Zelina. Oh, They're shoot. both on Raw. So it, it just does to me it just doesn't make much sense and the only way that they can fix oh, it I didn't think is by that. switching just title swapping. Which always like you you're right. That always feels like so like it reduces the titles. Like they it shouldn't does. be interchangeable, like oh, they're the same belt, just with a different color on it. And to me, if you're going to do that, Which then you are. might as well just have one women's title. In yeah. my in my opinion, if that's how you're going to treat it, right? And if it's just the same belt, just two different colors, and it doesn't mean anything, so we can just swap it one night. Because I mean, that's what they did with the men's. Well, well, it would actually be quite... It, it'd be very in character for WWE to have three separate men's world titles and only one women's world title. <laughs> because now Roman's very carrying two of them. them. It's true. Mm-hmm. Roman's mm-hmm. Gra- carrying two of them and they're spontaneously generating a third one just so... Uh, pity. Yeah. Consolation prize. <laughs> Sorry, you chumps can't beat Roman. Belt. That's essentially uh. what was said in less words, but that, that's pretty much how it was described. But... I think it'll just be interesting because they haven't addressed it yet. <laughs> and we are about a week or so out from Backlash and they haven't said anything about it yet. So it would, I, I would actually find it hilarious if like for the next eight months, like until Survivor Series or some other pay-per-view, <laughs> it really is just the SmackDown women's title is constantly being defended on Raw. I mean, why, you know, if why not? Just lean into it. Yeah. Right? Like if, if you... <laughs> Part of me wants to be like, did someone fuck up? Maybe <laughs> did they someone did. mess up? Did someone switch them on accident? Have it be a thing where Adam Pierce is constantly running around trying to get them to switch it, and they just refuse to do it? Yeah, because like, they're no, this like, is my title. This is stupid. I yeah. won this. That's so funny. like this is my title. Yeah, no, I, w- I would actually be on board for that. That, that would be that'd hilarious. Be a nice little like segue in between matches. I'd like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. We want to all talk about this one oh my God. because <laughs> this is the San Juan Street Fight, oh my which is Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny. Yo. Now, Shelby, I've yes. got to ask you something here. This seems uh-huh. like such a big match, but it's not the main event. So how do you how do you promote such a big match that isn't the main event of the card? Oh, let me tell you. Okay, okay it's yeah. super easy, Robert. Okay, so what you're gonna do <laughs> is you're gonna have this match, okay. right? Yeah. And you're gonna have the Brock versus Cody match. Right. Right. Which is also really big. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're gonna call them co main events. <laughs> Boom. I solved your dilemma. Oh but wait, there's a match in between the two of them. Wait, but, well, well, that, wait, that's but not just, also a co main event, is it? 
No, it's just a regular match. Thank God. Okay, I can't go that far on one night. I just (laughs) want to say this is exactly what happened in the creative room. This is exactly the entire conversation. Well, honestly... It it, was just you two, (laughs) just like that. It wasn't you specifically, but that's how it went. It was up until the night of when they made this decision. This, who was going to actually, quote unquote, you know, be the main event spot. This was the main event to me. And it was going to be this match up until the last minute. Cause, because <sighs> to me, you don't need Brock and Cody to be main event. No. Brock and, Brock and Cody both have so much power right now, if you will, that they could have gone semi-main. Yeah. And then you just had the Usos match, Uso Sammy match, you know, be in this spot where Bad Bunny and Priest were. Like you didn't have to have this weird <sighs> blow off, cool off match in between the two co mains. If you're gonna do the co main thing, then actually take that, you know, the tag match, move it to the third spot. And then have the back-to-back. Well, the problem is Brock only wrestles first or last. He does not do mid Like He is either wrestling so early that he can be like in his car on his way to the airport before like the pyro has finished for the next wrestler to come in, or he's the main event. That is true. That is true. Because I, I don't know if that is a part of his contract or if that is something that he just, they just let him do. But so Roman weird. was the same for a while that yeah. he was either I'm first or I'm last because that those are the two most important matches on the card. I think it's sort of this WWE psychology and it's easy to put it just at Vince, but I think at this point it's kind of seeped into the corporate DNA of the stars, like all capital letters and how they're presented. And you never present a star as anything other than opening or main event. Yeah. But I just, I I don't know. I I I feel like this in this match was just so good, and oh the gosh. crowd was so behind yes. it, <clears throat> and they wanted it to be the main event. It, they it wanted it to be. I after this match was done, I asked. I was like, "So that's it? That that's it? <laughs> like I, I can go home now?" I'm just, dude. I was turned into a cow. <laughs> I, I I became the lizard. I became them all, and I was done. And I was happy. And here and here's something that. I know we we have we have to bring in the Logan Paul of it all, right? Because they Pouring are myself another thing of rum. Yes, but but it these are two very similar situations, right? So you have both Bad Bunny and Logan Paul, who are oh, that was the rum. The, ooh. <laughs> and then I'm over here like wow. Oh, How did you, God. when you did it last time, it didn't work. It was so loud. Wow. <laughs> Enjoy that, David. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, you have you have Logan Paul, who is good. We have established that on this show. He is good, even though we hate to say that he is. But he's the worst as a human. Well, yes, but that's not the point that I'm trying to I make. I know. So... You have him, and he can do really good flippy spots. He can do the high stuff. He can do the, you know, the high flyer, cruiserweight type ricochet moves. Yeah. Right? But I think Bad Bunny gets it 
more than Logan does. Psychology wise. Yes. And technical wrestling wise, he is better than Logan Paul. Because that that's my opinion. But I I that's what I think. Because if you look at this match from Bell to Bell, this match told a story. So he Bad Bunny got halfway down and then was like, oh wait, give me a second goes back <laughs> unveils a shopping cart full of weapons of of and, kendo sticks and trash cans and, and lids and all oh, I, I was very impressed for the hall that was in there for the pg era at first i was yeah. just like oh it's some kendo sticks and trash cans like oh no there's a chain oh no there's an axe handle oh and, no oh, there's, there's a-, a pipe he used almost every single yeah. item yes. and priest barely used anything Right, he used a few kendo sticks, yeah. but like Bad Bunny used pretty much every weapon that was in that cart, which yeah. I really loved because the idea is Priest is a professional wrestler. He knows what he's doing exactly. in the ring. Bad Bunny knows some stuff, but if he's got weapons, he's going to use them. That's going to be his advantage, <laughs> which makes sense, right? Yeah. Because that's why he would bring all of that to the ring and use almost every bit of it. Yeah, every single move that he did was calculated even down to the end when he was targeting priest's knee once yes. he found out yes. that yes priest hit you know was trying to hit that kick on him and he hit the turn hit the post instead bad bunny sees oh there's a weakness that's psychology and not only yeah. that it's not like because bad bunny is a good guy we have established that like even in the music world as a human he's a he's a very lovely person but he was he also a lot of fun in the movie that, Bullet Train. He <laughs> threw that to the wind as soon as he saw that that knee was hurt. And yeah. he literally, the slams that he did on he Damien Priest, it. oh, it was so good. He but worked it. See, this is the one thing that, to me, made this match better than anything and everything he will do. Mm-hmm. He being Logan Paul. Bad Bunny is not afraid to take hits. Logan Paul will do the cool shit to look cool. Mm -hmm. And because he doesn't do what he needs to do to be safe and to be smart, he gets hurt because (laughs) he just wants to do it for the quick, look at me, I'm fucking cool. For the views. For the views. Mm -hmm. But Bad Bunny, he's watched this his whole life. He knows what he's talking about. He is just, he's here for what the story is. But is willing to take the time to do the things safely, to make sure that he's communicating with his partner, all of that. Like, every other match with Paul is, he's thrown with someone who can handle it. Damien Priest can handle it, but they work together beautifully. Well, Priest took care of him all over the place. Absolutely. Like that, uh, that um, uh, Falcon Arrow, or Broken Arrow outside. Yeah. Where it's like off the uh, equipment case through the oh. table. Like, oh. that was just beautifully landed. Ooh, goosebumps was, up my spine. That was brutal. It really was. And But I think it's because they they were tag team partners. Yes. Commentary mentioned, apparently, that the, uh, the jacket the Priest wore when he came in was the mm-hmm. same one he wore at WrestleMania when... Uh, Bad Bunny first debuted, which it was is. a nice little yeah. nice little callback. They're from the same town. Yep. In um in in, in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah. That's which so cool. I which I think that probably helps, but also tagging together and having Bad Bunny have his first ever wrestling experience and you're having it at WrestleMania. Like that's yeah. huge. That's bonding, right? Yeah. Like I mean, so that's why this match, I think, was so good. 
But what I think was interesting was the chicanery that did happen. I don't want to say after this match because it was during. Yeah. Because what happened was you had you had the broken arrow off mm. of the production cart. Oh. Right. And then they found their way back in. And then uh, Priest had the spot where Bunny ducked the kick and he hit the post. Oh. And then he noticed that the knee was fucked up. Well, then Judgment Day comes out. Yes. And you have Finn and Dominic who are, you know, and it's a street fight, so there's no there's, DQ, there's, yeah, no, there's rules. no rules. So they can do this. Yep. And commentary does make sure that you know that all of this is legal. They did mention that <laughs> just a little. Just a little. It, just, it cracks me up. I'm like, yes, Cole, we know. Thank Everything is you. legal in a street fight. I think my favorite Michael Cole moment was when Bad Bunny hits a Michinoku driver as like his first move of the match, and Priest <laughs> kicks out at two, and Cole's like, you gotta be kidding me! No, Michael Cole, it was one move, 30 seconds into the match, no one is kidding you that it's not over. <laughs> he just he just gets into it, man. He can't help it. Now no that one he is doesn't ever have kidding Michael strings. Cole, ever. Yeah. Well, now that he doesn't have puppet strings. I know, but there's just some things that yeah. you're just like, okay, dude. But um, of course, um, Dom and Finn coming out isn't the end of things. So No, definitely not. So that was just the start. So you have you have that happen, and then Ray comes down to try to even the odds, but... No, the faces are still outnumbered, uh-huh. right? So clearly. And then Carlito's music hits. Yeah. And the whole crowd went wild. There's your hometown guy. Biggest uh, pop that I think Carlito has probably ever gotten. <laughs> well, because, again, I'm I'm not familiar with Carlito. I, I don't. All I know is yeah. David Two Dogs hates hatred of Carlito. Oh, gosh. Which I think is hilarious because I, I went and watched it with him. And it was really funny because I knew that he was coming out. And I was like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this reaction. Because for some reason, he hates the dude. But I know, I-, I know there's a reason behind it, but I don't want to get into it. Well, it's tied into why he got such a huge pop. Because uh, Carlito, his father was Carlos Colon, who was basically yes. like a godfather of wrestling in Puerto Rico. Like oh. just this yeah. tremendous figure in the in the sports development in that part of the world. He was also... Oh. tangentially involved with the abrupt death of Bruder Bru- Bruiser Brody and may have oh. put his finger on the scale of some legal proceedings to make sure that Brody's killer was not actually brought to justice. Oh. Maybe. Allegedly. Allegedly. Possibly. Okay. Allegedly. Okay. But so that's why Carlito is so huge there because his dad is like a, a kingpin, a like a maestro, a huge figure yes. in that part gotcha. of in that area of performance. Oh. Which I thought was really funny that he came out with the faces. <laughs> <laughs> that does add a whole level to it now because I'll be real. I didn't know any of that. So I was just happy for the, the fans and the You're crowd. like, oh, Puerto Rico guy. I like, cool. I was like, yeah, you guys enjoy that. That's good. <laughs> but so you have him come out. Yes. And he does the whole apple bit, which yes. is his thing. That is his thing. Um, But then uh, damage control. Damage control. So sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not even close, Shelby. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I would have been real excited to see Damage Control come out there. Um, but no, I'm so sorry. Judgment Day. I got you. Thank you. Got you. Um, judgment Day. <laughs> this is why I have a co-host, everybody. Um, Mummy brain's real. Exactly. Uh, judgment Day starts to retreat. Um, 
and Savio Vega's music hits. Yeah. And that's super cool because he's awesome. He is really cool. Um, and it's so funny because I love it because he just stands there. Yeah, right? that's what he has to do. And then uh, Finn and um, Dominic are like, oh my God, it's Savio Vega. Like, you want to go at him so first? Excited. You want to go at him first? He did. He, got, he was like, oh man, it's you. <laughs> Which is hilarious because his, his wife is Hispanic. So like, yes. it's totally like, it was, oh, it's yeah. awesome. Full circle. So, um, so then he, uh, Savio hits both of them with his signature slaps uh, to the throat, might yeah. I add. Real, real good ones, yeah. too. It lands a really nice spinning kick on Dom. It, yeah. That was crazy. Yes. His leg went up, and I was like, I don't even think my leg can go up like that. And I'm, you know, I'm not as old as that man. But L- LWO comes out, yep. which is, oh. we know them as uh, Phantasma. Yes. But, um, but I was like, I don't, think, I don't think they need you, bro. Yeah, like no, I don't, I, I don't think, think he needs you. I, I think, think you're good. I think, like, I think you can turn around. Savio's like, got it. Like <laughs> he I, I just think we're okay. Him up. But it was, oh my god, it was so funny. <laughs> and again, the crowd is going insane at every step of this. It. The match is still happening. That's the best part. And that is one thing I did remember: Michael Cole being like. And there's still a match going on. And you can clearly see that Priest and Bunny are just like catching their breath in the corner, being like. <gasps> Okay, we're back, we're back. Stubbing out the cigarettes, <laughs> putting the caps back on the water bottles, just every yeah. like the break they've been taking in the, the ring. The ref comes over, it's like, okay, camera's about to be back on you, All so right, you gotta yeah, go. Camera two, camera two, um, camera two. But but yeah, so the match still continues and oh judgment day, gosh. you know, you know, cowers away and everybody runs out yeah. backstage after them, and then the focus is back on Bunny and Priest. Yes. And it's just it just the psychology that he uses behind this knee. Oh. Which to beautiful honestly going looking forward into the future priest is still selling the knee good so which i'm like i i love that little touch like you know listeners you know i love the little things continuity. right like continuity it is and continuity really does help yes. a lot because if you just had your knee worked over for an entire you know half last half of a match like you're not going to show up on raw in a day and a half after traveling and not have be limping. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Finn Balor continued to sell those kayfabe staples in his head for a couple of weeks after WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, yeah, so kayfabe. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that on the back of his shirt? His his, his shirt now yes. says it's like 413 staples or something <laughs> well, like that. Well, but on that. the back of it, it has the demon's face at yeah. the bottom, but at the With top where there's a staple line. I love it, man. I was That's like, fun. see, you hey, gotta do what you gotta do, man. If you if you split your head open for your company and bo- they better boy, make a t-shirt you- that would benefit you okay like, like give that man some money okay <laughs> but um but, better insurance yeah so bad bunny takes advantage of the bad knee and then hits a canadian destroyer for the gods D- that and just was- like oh. it, he he really can He's perfected that Canadian destroyer. Because and there was there was one move he did when Priest just nailed him on something. I can't remember what the move itself was, but that man bounced to he the moon. He sounds like a slinky man. He, he does bounced to the moon. Yeah, no, it, it was beautiful. So he he hits that for the win. Which if you know Priest was Canadian, he would be dead. <laughs> but you know, thankfully he's not, so he's still with us. Um. <laughs> I gave it a four and a half. Like it was almost perfect. To I me. honestly gave this a five. Yeah. To I, me, it was perfect. I feel like I probably could have, but I mean, yes. it just, if the chicanery, it was fun. if the chicanery came in, mm-hmm. 
at least there was fan service to follow. I didn't mind it. Yeah, I yes. feel like this is why yeah. you do this. Like, exactly. You, you get people that the crowd loves to see win and bad guys that they love to see lose and you just let it happen. Yes. Like, this is what all of, like, everything builds to for these moments. Exactly, yes. yeah. Because, I mean, we could keep talking about this. I match. could we go on, on for really hours. But, um, yeah, four and a half. I, I loved it. Yeah, I gave it a solid five so now we're gonna go to our cool off match which never <laughs> would think that a Sami Zayn kevin owens bloodline oh. feud match would be the cool off in between the two co-mains but what a difference a month makes oh seriously y'all so we have the usos and solo sokoa versus matt riddle Sami Zayn, and kevin owens and now which, these are not just yeah. to be clear this is not for the titles no um never no of course not well i'm just i'm just reiterating because yeah i do get confused sometimes when champs are in like a trip like a six-man tag but or a triple not, yeah it, but it's but the title's not on the line so i just wanted to reiterate um honestly i feel like this was more about the dissension in the bloodline than it was about the actual match that was kind okay. of my issue with it where it's like yeah. all the story is happening internally to one team and yeah. they'd be having the same story whether their opponents were the New Day or Imperium or any other collection of three people. And that's okay sometimes, but I don't like it when the other side is the reigning tag champions. Yeah, I felt yeah. horrible because the match started and suddenly I was on my phone. Suddenly I was refilling, you know, my glass. I, you know, came back to the living room and I was like, this is Sammy and Kevin who we have been rooting for for so long and it wasn't until solo started acting up and you know that dynamic came in that i came back to the match i think it's because we we have seen this a lot right yeah. and and i i but i'm not saying that the bloodline storyline is ice cold i'm not saying that but i feel like they have been, especially since WrestleMania, Yeah, they have been doing this dynamic a lot. And I know that it's they're setting up long-term story, and I can appreciate that. But I think we have now pivoted from it being about Roman to being about the bloodline. Yeah. Because Roman is not part-time status, but is kind of... You know, which is why they're they're incorporating this new belt, yeah. right? So that way, you can see like a main card champion on every single week. You know, so they're kind of pivoting to the bloodline, which I think they're trying to work it out, and I think that they are really wanting to push Solo. Yes, they are. Which I'm down with, but the problem is Same. all of this makes so much more sense if Roman has lost the belt. That's if, exactly like, why I was the pointing bloodline at you. is fragmenting because. Yes the table has lost all its gold. And Lion, the Witch, in the yeah. Wardrobe, the table breaks. Yeah, I feel you know, I like... Feel the, like the, ugh. I feel like it It would make a lot more sense if that... A lot of things would have made more sense if he would have lost it at Don't WrestleMania. But I think that, you know, <laughs> I, did, I did find it quite funny with Solo um, because when they started to have a riff back and forth mm -hmm. i don't know if y'all noticed this or not probably but there was a moment when jay has set sammy up in the corner yeah. and it looks like he's about to do a haluva kick on sammy because he has him in the corner yeah. or is going to do some 
some type of move on him in the corner uh-huh. and solo tags himself in yeah. yes right yes which yes i did enjoy that yes because he looks at him like and then he like composed himself again and then he gets back you know he he gets out and then solo gets in he preps himself and then jay hits him to tag in (laughs) and tells him to get out and i just want to acknowledge the fact that solo sokoa sold that his titty was hurting so bad from that tag (laughs) for the rest of of the okay, match because not only that <laughs> hang on because not only that he sold it but the camera zoomed in on that titty he did and it yes like, okay i'm gonna say did that i don't know if just smear i don't know if he slapped himself again it was because red it was there was a whole handprint yeah right on that Gunter was hiding titty. under the ring to help out with that <laughs> he's but, on his honeymoon i believe but no what, what was hilarious was i literally could not keep my eyes off of Solo Sokoa for the rest of the match because this, this man, I kid you not, would have would have be in the corner just holding his titty, just holding his peck, just being like, oh my gosh. My boobie. My, it hurts so bad. And, so, and then at the end of the match. <laughs> we were right there. At the end of the match. He is still holding it, and then, but he, he literally, he, he puts it up to his chest and then looks at his hand like, is it bleeding? Is it is it like you know like the yeah. um there's a bit from this um very obscure reference i'm ready for um, it um there is a something that uh darren chris was in when he was in college oh, it's wow, called you- a very potter musical <laughs> that this uh it's called star kid Productions I know where this out is of going. michigan and there they did the character who plays draco malfoy is a woman and she is just Be- it's beautifully fantastic. portrayed and we we should watch it he, it's really funny she gets slapped in the face right a really good slap but it's it's not real it's, yeah it's nothing it's not no. anything and then speaking of long-term storytelling i know <laughs> so but she holds her nose and she's like am i am i am i bleeding like it, 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 that's what it reminded me of like he literally and she's not obviously bleeding but then she goes to the guy playing goyle and is like goyle am i am i bleeding and he gets like right up in her face and is like no you're fine like <laughs> and it reminded me of that because he literally puts his hand up to his chest and just looks at his hand like is it am i it's am, almost am I bleeding? like it feels warmer than the other side. Exactly. It's almost like he was like, I know when I come home and tell mama, mama's gonna whoop you. It was so it was that whole like, yeah, I'm it extra is. hurt because that's like when a brother hits you or a sister hits you or something like that. You know, like you you play it up. Yeah, like, it's the dynamic mom. of when the little brother is bigger. But the older brothers can still assert, being yeah. like, "I don't care that you're bigger. I'm gonna smack you around." And it just, and it, just he's got that face of like, "I should be able to beat both of you up." Yeah, but I can't. But I, it was yeah. I. It was so funny to me, and he sold it through the rest of the time. And I'm like, "What? What was your motivation for that, my dude? Like, we're, I, I, I get it. Like, I, I think, I think I get what he was trying to do. It was supposed to be like." he was jay was defiant right like because the whole story leading up to this is that you know the usos lost the title so roman has lost faith in them yes right and they're so on he, their own he's putting his faith in solo right and trying yeah. to get him ready to be like the not the leader of the, the bloodline right obviously but the right hand man yeah. yeah so 
he's basically like talking to Sokoa like behind their backs and being like, okay, like you need to be the enforcer on this. You need to make sure that, that they win and that, you know, you bring honor back to this or whatever. Yeah. So I get the story that they're trying to dig, but it was just really funny to me because yeah. he just sold I wonder it so, if he's he committed gonna, so hard and another, I just love him for it. I wonder if he's going to go like running back to Rome and being like, they hit my booty. <laughs> He comes in, he's just got an My ice boobie. pack over his chest for the next SmackDown. God, I hope so. I really do. I, I hope that it's My still red. My I, boobie. I hope that it's still red. I hope there's an ice pack on it and he's I taped hope, up. Like I hope I just, that it's like clearly like paint. Like you just put paint on top of it, like as if it was like like a child's like color craft paint. I know, I know that's not what I was supposed to focus on, but I'm I gonna, did. I'm gonna say again, I've spent a lot of time on wrestling Twitter. Twitter, and they are not nearly as concerned with the wrestlers' boobies as y'all's are. <laughs> you know, this is what our listeners tune in for. Okay, Jeez. like this is what <laughs> this is what they come here for—the hard-hitting <laughs> wrestling journalism, right? I was waiting for you to say hard-hitting <laughs> titties. <laughs> oh God. Okay, we have Woo. totally lost it. Okay, so leave me alone. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> So we have, um, so you have the end of this. Yes. You have Riddle who hits Jay. Um, oh yeah, Riddle. Just, yeah, Riddle's in this match, yeah. guys. I think there might have been as many as two or three other people besides the Usos. And you know what? Y'all can go back and watch this because they were not the main character. They did not have main no. character energy in this match at all. It was all the Usos and Sokoa. Which, as always, you know, they're delivering when they step up. Like they're, of they're course. executing. No, amazingly, of course. It was a great match, like technically speaking. It's just not their story right now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So. You have Riddle who hits Jay and is going for the pin, and Sokoa comes in and basically spikes Riddle through the mat. Yeah, with a Samoan was, spike, like the, that was rough. That move is brutal. Yeah. Hitting a dude with your thumb should not look that nasty, but man, dude, it, they sell it. Yeah, like they sell it. Like it, he is literally Especially like him being that wrapped up too. Yeah, like it. It looks like a cast that just like, like it puts emphasis that. He has to wrap it because he has so much power behind it that he could break his thumb. Yeah. Like that, that's the mentality that that's I'm seeing. Crazy. That's why he wraps it. And that's oh. why you see him wrapping it. It's part of the, it's part of the thing. That's which insane. I love. But, um, yeah, so he does that, spikes him through the mat and Usos and Sokoa go over, but there is clearly tension yes. at the end of the match as, Sokoa's holding his titty. <laughs> Can I ask each of y'all something? I actually yes. looked this up because I was curious. Because the Usos have been in the... They've been unified champions for a while until losing to uh, Sammy and KO. When do you think was the last time that there was a title defense on a pay-per-view and the Usos were not involved in either the Raw or the SmackDown match? Oh, my gosh. Ichi, yeah, just take a guess when that was. 2008? Really... <laughs> <laughs> not so, quite that far. It's a really good question. I would say probably... 2017 2018 i mean honestly it would have to be because they weren't when i first started watching with you well, it probably had to yeah. be like 2015 2016 so it actually wasn't that far it was backlash 2021 you had a raw okay. tag team defense that they weren't involved in and then the smackdown belts weren't on there wow every pay-per-view since then it's either been no belts defended or 
they've been in either the Raw, SmackDown, or both picture. Holy I think that crap. proves a really good point, though. No, that's you a know? really good trivia fact. Well, because I think it shows like how much of how much they're in the tag team scene and how they're synonymous with the tag belts in general, regardless yeah. of what iteration it is. It, that makes sense because, uh, like, I remember when we first really started the podcast, we started talking about. <laughs> the DUIs and how it's bullshit, you know, that they would still have those. That makes sense because that was 2018. So, yeah, but yeah. So I just, I feel like, I mean, I gave this a three and a half. Oh, you're, you were generous. I I was, I give it a two. Really? I did. I really did. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. I I guess. I didn't Um, feel that harsh on it. Minus the, the final story that did evolve from it, two and a half, but yeah. Maybe I gave the titty too many points. You really <laughs> were about that titty. You were really about that titty. I'm sorry, friends. I've said titty a lot during this episode. <laughs> I never say that word ever. I don't know what's coming over me right now. But, <laughs> but would, a, I, would a joke about your impending motherhood be tasteless? <laughs> oh, she lost the headphones. I, she literally just the lost headphones her headphones. So gone. I, I don't know if this will actually air. If this may be cut. Mark the no, time if the David wants to snip it. <laughs> the recording is still going. Oh, my God. Okay, we can still hear it, right? You, <laughs> you flipped it around. I can't get it back on. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. There. You got there it. We there. Go. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is this is great. I plan to ask Barnes the same question, so I don't think this is just okay, great. at you. Um, Impending motherhood? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. To answer your heart, question. My hard-hitting catchphrase. <laughs> Impending motherhood, Impending Robert. motherhood. <laughs> But maybe to answer your question. (laughs) (laughs) But we need to move on to our final match. Yes, the last Um, match. Which thankfully wasn't a long one. No, it wasn't, surprisingly. So we have our main event, which is I call the finish the story match um, with Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes, which it was so funny. There's certain things um, because... those of you who listen avidly, you you know that my husband Ted has gotten into wrestling as we've been together, um, and at first he was just kind of a casual observer, and and now he's like, you know, we we got to are we watching Raw? Are we watching yes. AW? Like, are we are we watching? Which is great, and I love it. But at this on the same, in the same breath, I think it's funny what he actually does fixate on. That um, is true. He is very specific with things. He is. And this finish the story narrative really bugged him <laughs> because he's like, you can't just put another match in the place of your story. Like, because you, he used finish the story for WrestleMania. Cody did for Roman. And yeah. he didn't do that. So he's like, you can't just not finish the, the book and then open another book and say, no, this one. <laughs> This one right here. Just staple one book onto the back of the book that you thought you'd finish. Exactly. No, it's still, the book is still going. Oh, look, another chapter was added. Which is a really good point. And I'm like, what makes this one, you, you have to finish this one because there's really been no build to it. He literally just turned on you when oh. you thought you were going to have a tag match and you didn't actually have the match because he turned yeah. on you. Another gem of Michael Cole commentary is that uh, Brock Lesnar has never explained why he assaulted Cody Rhodes. And it's like, yeah, that, that that's really s- out of character. That made me sore. Genteel, <laughs> easygoing fellow like Brock Lesnar dishing out random beatings? That doesn't sound like him. So I think, for me, this this story, I mean, there wasn't really that much of a lead-up 
to it because you only had I don't know what two like three weeks of a build between yeah. WrestleMania the night after WrestleMania and this yeah. match. There were a few sprinklings of story, which here. is which is I mean there have been really good matches that have been built on less, right? That's true. So you don't have to have a huge long build like a Bloodline feud build for everything. Yeah, but I will say for this one, this one out the gate. I feel like was really more physical and faster yeah. of a match, like pacing wise, because Cody legit just like started wailing on him from the very beginning before the match even started. And then once the match officially started, then everybody was just hitting all their finishers. Yeah. Right? Like from the very beginning, everybody we, just finisher after finisher. We did not do a count though. We totally forgot to do a count well, when, we, me when off we were watching. On commentary, they were just counting suplexes of any kind. Yeah. And our, our group's thing has normally just been to count the German, German suplexes. German suplexes, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they, they I was like, no, no, it's just the German because the the it's an anomaly that he did anything outside of a German suplex and an F5, right? Right. But we did have a lot. We did have those, but we also had a lot of crossroads. Oh, and we yes. had a you know a lot of Cody cutters. I feel like the crossroads cutters. is the least protected finisher in oh, the wrestling gosh. business because even Cody doesn't protect. He never does just one. He's like, oh, I know that's not going to work. Get him up for another one. <laughs> but what <laughs> I, I guess I got to do ten more. What I thought was really funny because again, there really wasn't much to this match. I don't know if I don't, I didn't look up and see how long it was. Uh, I had it at, I, I had, I looked it up on Wikipedia at nine minutes and 40 seconds. Right. And now, and that, that doesn't include uh, when Cody was attacking him before the bell rang. So that, that was probably, just the official time. Yeah, oh. so that probably stretched it out to like 12, yeah, 13, 13 minutes maybe. But, but still, yeah. for, for, for a, the, compared <laughs> to the main events that we have come accustomed to with Roman that are at least 45 minutes. Yeah. Right? This And half of them standing around talking. I was like, this is real, this is real short. Right, yeah. which is, again, I don't know. I thought it was a nice change, but at the same time, they didn't have a lot of story to go off of. So really, all your what are you going to do? It's well, is that of, because of the Bad Bunny match, or is that because of that's just the time that they allotted it? I don't know. It, it I really don't know. I feel like both could have worked. It seems enough in Brock's wheelhouse that I can believe this was the plan. I mean, okay. it's sort of the same story. Like Brock is a monster. If you let him get offense, he'll destroy you. So Cody's just hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. And the second Brock's able to get a grip on him, it turns around and Cody gets destroyed. But the thing that I think is the most memorable part is the hard way spot. Yeah. Oh, right? So Somebody bleeds in this match and it ain't Cody he, Rhodes. Which I thought was hilarious. I think on Twitter, Brandy Rhodes, his wife, said made a comment about something, how it was... My husband is covered in blood, and for once, it's not his own. Praise God. <laughs> like, <laughs> which, see, it was funny because he even said, oh, did Brock bust? Or, no, you you said, um, did Brock blade? Yeah. And I was like, why in the world would Brock Lesnar ever blade? I mean, and it was, it, there was speculation out there that that, yeah, it as, was playing. Well, as soon as I saw him at the end with that gash, mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, that was real. The pl- the spot was planned. Yeah. Yes. So, but blood, it just was... Blood was was planned to happen. Because they acknowledge yeah. it in commentary. And yes. If it was unplanned, commentary would just yes. talk on like it wasn't happening. But the red mask... Well, I think what, ma- what made it crazy was the exposed turnbuckle is what he hard weighed on, right? <sighs> but... The part that he did, because when you, if you rewind it and you look back at it, yeah, it's, the part that he hit right between his eyes was 
the sharpest part. Yeah, it was of the, it. the gear or not gear, but you know what I mean, like that little hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you look, it was the very top of the turnbuckle, Ooh. which is the sharpest part. So I will give it to Brock. That, that yeah. was that is a gnarly spot to take. And that is a spot that we don't normally see Brock Lesnar take. That exactly. Okay. So that's the other thing. I was like, we've talked about this before many times over that Brock is very picky with his people. So like where he decides to give a shit nowadays, (laughs) I think it's just so interesting. And Brock's been a, you know, been here for years. He's, he's been like at the start when he was like, I mean, literally a child, you know, essentially like, you know, making his way up. And I find it so interesting because he's clearly one of Vince's guys not having a problem with Cody Rhodes. And I, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that he doesn't because he clearly could have been a very easy lackey and like they wouldn't have been able to have a good match like they did. I think this was a good match, but clearly like if he was really under Vince's thumb I think that you know he could have very easily been like oh I'm just gonna fuck you over oh well sure but I think Brock if we're looking at it from that logic like Brock was willing to walk out of the company when Vince left but that's the thing that's so so weird so but I think there's there could be mutual respect there yeah, you know, because he did. Cody did. Brock Lesnar oh. has never sneezed either. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, yeah. Because <laughs> Co- Cody left. That makes more right? sense. That's I didn't but, think of it that way. But at, at the same breath, like I think there, there's no, there's no logic to it. I don't think because if he's gonna do what he's what he wants to do, and he wants to do this cowboy Brock persona right now, <laughs> he's gonna do it. And if he wants, if he wants to be, you know, the beast incarnate, he's gonna do it. You know, so I think they've let him kind of run the roost now yeah. on his on his character so i think that when he wants to have a good match he can have a good match you know and i think with the way that this ended i actually really love the way that this ended i, I liked it that was a nice yeah. nice ending cuz for all that i'm when a guy like Brock loses, you have to protect him if he's going to be effective in the role that they have him in the company, where he's just this bulldog that destroys anybody who gets in his way. Absolutely. So if you beat Brock Lesnar, you beat him barely. Yeah, yeah and that's what happened. So so Brock locks in the Kimura lock, which is something we have not seen him do in a yeah. very, very long time. I, I was confused as to what that was yeah, because I hadn't so seen it in so long. That used to be a submission finisher for him was the last crazy. we saw was when he used it on Cain Velasquez back yeah. in uh, I forget which it, was, it might have been a crown jewel or yeah it's one of the Saudi Googly. shows way back when well but, yeah. because I mean unless we forget the man is has an MMA background yeah and was a UFC cage fighter for a while so Dang. I he, think it I, will I, not shock people to learn he was better at this than CM Punk was oh, oh yeah <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> definitely won a lot more matches um but so he he puts him in a Kimura lock and Cody just simply rolls him up from that and yeah. counters the pressure and he can't get out pins him one two three we're out we're done and he bolts of course he, he does you fast as he can and I would I get the hell out of there I'd be like wait what <laughs> and Brock's crimson mask like howling as Ooh. he's as he's holding as he's exerting pressure on that arm is. One of the more striking images I've seen in uh, wrestling TV lately. Yeah. yeah, so I think, you know, this this sets it up because they are having a rematch at Night of Champions. 
that has been confirmed. Yeah. Mm. Um. So then he can win one. Probably. Yeah. But I will say, because Night of Champions is in Saudi Arabia, which is like they love them some Brock Lesnar over there. That is true. Mm-hmm. They but do. Cody Rhodes is also very over right now. So everybody be, likes it, Cody. It would be it would be interesting to see which one they go for. But the promo that he cut on Raw though. <laughs> was real good oh seen, wait i'm sorry he like, as in brock I, really i haven't actually watched it i've seen pictures of like the stare scary. into the camera oh, thing Ooh. it was pretty scary i'm gonna go watch it so i, I will say he does yet. he does have some audio issues in the beginning but once you get past that it was all right hey you know um, what that's not him though but i i mean in the moment i gave this a three and a half yeah. i mean i enjoyed it and i think that but i enjoyed other matches more yeah. I think that I enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah. I went three regals, but uh-huh. I, I can see three and a half too. So that puts my overall average at three and a half for the whole pay-per-view. That is math. That is math. That is math. Because that is that, Robert, just so you know, that's how I calculate. So I, I rate all my feelings <laughs> and then I average all of those feeling numbers up to get a mathematical number. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling numbers are the only feelings that matter. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. So I think it'll. I'm excited to see what your your rating system is like as well. Um, yes. But that is that is how I I do it. And Gina also re- usually gives her rankings aside from it. And yes. usually they're the same. Mostly Pretty close. The same. I mean, there's been very there's been very few where we're far far off. Like polar opposites I we don't have had that before and like we, maybe once we have duked it out a couple of times yeah where we just did not agree but most of the time we we agree on yeah, it yeah pretty close but i'm i think we should segue into our segments it's time for the est now just speaking <laughs> of somebody who uh is coming on as a guest do you mm-hmm. want to go over kind of the the basics of those segments oh yeah sure because yeah. i want you to participate if you oh, if you want to i'd be happy to um i don't know if i'm putting you on the spot or not but so we have these um <laughs> We have these two segments at the end, um, or superlatives, if you will, no. um, that we call um, our ignorant slut and our EST. The okay, ig- so ignorant slut was um, actually one of our first catchphrases that we coined from this show um, because that is our lovable uh, nickname for the one Corey Graves. Because he cannot pronounce the word coup de gras. He pronounced it coup de grace, like an ignorant slut. <laughs> And I have so strong feelings about that, it. that is how, so we decided, okay, let's, if we want to do a segment at the end of this show, um, and we kind of want to say who our best and worst are. Um, so we decided it, our ignorant slut would be kind of the thing, either the match or the person or an event that happened during the show. That, Even the circumstances around the right, event itself. That like, we just didn't like. Yeah. Right? Like that we didn't really approve of or that was our least favorite thing. Yes. Right? Now, sometimes that's a little bit hard because sometimes everyone brings it on the card. Yes. So it might not be a particular person. It could be a a move during a match or an outside altercation or chicanery that we didn't like or you know whatever basically yeah. anything or anyone that we didn't prefer during the show or we know that can do better and just didn't do good enough and it's our way of just being like just do better next time boo boo yeah you know just here's, here's a little reminder <laughs> you got this just just fix it and est 
is obviously the uh what bianca belair calls herself right she's the est she's the best she's the, the greatest the she's first, the strongest yeah you the know. first time we did it bianca was still with nxt yes so we use that and then literally like the next week when we were going to record the next thing you know mm-hmm. that's when she was called up so so we kept it we kept it <laughs> it's um, ours so that is our the best of the best of the show yes right i think dogs called it his workhorse of the show yeah right so whoever we loved the best or did the best or the match that did the best or it's kind of evolved into basically whatever you want it to be definitely um i usually like to start with ignorant slut just because it's nice to finish on like a, a positive note so gina bradford yes who or what is your ignorant slut for backlash 2023 Honestly, and I know you felt differently, but it's the Kevin Owens, the Sami Zayn, and Matt mm. Riddle. If I'm going just to be their involvement mm, with the match, or if just, I'm going to be really specific, it's the fact that there was no reason Riddle was there. And honestly, if I'm going to get really into it, Riddle was put there because he's being watched because of the allegations and all of the other stuff that happened he went away he disappeared for a while he's come back this is them being like okay we trust sammy and ko but we're watching you there is no place in vincent kennedy mcmahon's organization for that kind of behavior well that's the thing that pisses me (laughs) off but i could go on but i'm not going to but but also it was just like we've seen this and especially to your point that you made earlier robert this storyline would have been so much better if Roman had lost. Like, yes, mm-hmm. this is what we knew was going to happen when everything was falling to pieces. And now that it's falling to pieces, we're not seeing, we're not getting the gratification feel of like, why? Sure. It's just like something, you know, it's like you tripped over something like, you know, it hurts, but it's not the same pain as if you like fell off a cliff. Okay. Like, it's just, it's not the same. So, if I'm being nitpicky, this one, like it was hard to pick, mm-hmm. but cause I, I really enjoyed this pay-per-view. I was surprised how much I did. Um, but this one, yeah, this is my ignorant slut. Matt Riddle slash the match in general. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Robert, who do you have for ignorant slut? I'm going to give it to MVP because (laughs) for the, for the two parts of one, assuming that if your seven foot three giant man can't get the match done, that like a stick of wood is going to, is going to put him over the edge (laughs) That's fair. and then throwing it in a place that his face gets immediately smashed into it. So just, that's fair. You know what? You know what? That's a really good example of a, of a good ignorant slut. That's, that's very well done. So, uh, mine solo's titty, man. Like it was so I thought red. that was going to be your EST. No, no. The selling of the titty would be the EST, right? No, the titty itself. Okay. It was so red by the end of the match. It did. It, he literally hit it once. There was no one who, there was no one in the match that their okay, signature thing hurts like a mofo. I'm just saying there's no one in the match whose signature thing were chops. Okay, Walter was not in this match. Dragonoff was like Dragonoff was not here. Like, there's no reason that his titty needed to be that red. Okay, like again, what bothers me bothers me, guys. Like, I just she latches on. I do. I I I get fixated and I just can't. That's that's a good one though. That's a good one. Thank you. (laughs) So, uh, Gina, who is your or who or what is your EST at the night? I'm gonna go ahead and say I have a runner up for EST. Love that. Runner up was 
Io Shirai. I know her name is Sky. It is Io Shirai because Io Shirai was back. Yes, she, she was. was back. It was Io Shirai. It was not Io Sky. So I loved seeing her just. I also really enjoyed watching her reactions to when the crowd suddenly turned for her and she was just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I can do this. And yeah. then she kept going. But I mean, she's already just a really incredible wrestler. Just 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. We just I needed, love her. We just needed a trash can so we she just, could die oh, for all of our sins. Oh my sense. gosh. If she just jumped from a really high cliff in a trash can, that would have been it. Can you imagine the pop that that's going to get when she finally <laughs> is in a war games yes! match and pulls out a trash can a trash and can. jumps for her life. Or she it's turns on uh, Bailey and Dakota and they're like, all right, what, what partner are you going to get? Who's going to back you up? And her partner is a trash can. And she would win. Oh. And she- when she tags in the trash can, she just gets in the trash can <laughs> and continues. I love it. I love everything about it. Oh, Robert, but, who's your EST? Oh, I'm so sorry. That was my, my runner Oh, I'm up. so sorry. Go You're ahead. You're good. But the, the number one, number one is Bad Bunny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The whole yeah. match, everything about it, but specifically Bad Bunny. I'm... I love him. He's I, lovely. I really hope that, if anything, he just comes back as like a, or it stays a part-time guy. Yeah. You know like, I, I mean? don't even want him full-time on the Dude, roster. I, I know you're busy being like super like Grammy famous and award Grammy award winning, winning and, and making great music, which uh, headline he's, headlining both nights at Coachella. Yeah, and, oh my gosh. You know, now all that's that. a co-main event. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just head, head co-main eventing with yourself. Yeah. You know, just... But like, Coachella. yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, he's just, yeah. he's lovely. He's willing to take really amazing spots and mm-hmm. he really cares about the industry. It's not just about money and fame for him. So yeah, because you didn't see any sponsored ads during his match. No, I did. <laughs> I did want to point out, though, that technically, according to all of the stuff at the bottom of for like the information about the pay-per-view, it did say Bad Bunny is the host he was, yeah. Which, I mean, I get, but it's like, I also am thinking, like, as a host, like, compared to, like, WrestleMania spots, like, where The Miz was the host, I did think that was interesting, but I didn't care. It's yeah. Bad Bunny, and he's adorable. Shane McMahon <laughs> should have come out and torn his quads against Bad Bunny, too. <laughs> he had another quad to tear. <laughs> he only tore one. <laughs> so he's still disappointing, Vince. <laughs> All right, who's your EST, Robert? Uh, my EST is collectively the entire crowd, because... Yeah. Oh, that's nice. The, yeah. If the pandemic era taught us everything, it's that wrestling is not whole without people there to react and cheer yeah. and thrill to what's going on. Aww. And this crowd was so positive. Even during EO and Bianca, where they were sort of doing the yay, boo, boo. yay, they still <laughs> cheered when Bianca went over. Like, it wasn't about sure. negativity. Yeah. It was just about having fun with the narrative and the story. It was just such a positive thing to see all those people enjoying wrestling that much. Yeah. Man, I wish we could just take, like, just a, a, a eighth of that crowd and just have it travel around with them. And then you mix know? it in with the NXT crowd who doesn't have a filter. There you go. And then have them together. Oh, then yeah. you have a perfect crowd. And banish what chance forever and all oh, time. Oh my forever. gosh. Well, mine. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yours. just to piggyback off of, you know, the, the Puerto Rico of it all, uh, Damien Priest he, for me, because ooh. if you think about it, Bad Bunny was, really really great in that match yes but priest also got him over just as equally that you know fair. and he was such a good partner for him and i just i don't know i feel i was i was really blown away by the amount of just awesomeness that he brought 
That's I mean, the only re- only way that I can describe it because he hasn't really been able to do that yet. No, on the main roster. No, and he hasn't really been able to unleash everything that I feel like he can. So I, I feel like with this match, I forgot he was with Judgment Day until Finn and Dominic came. It down. was just you him. know, it was just him he and was, Bad Bunny. He was past his awkward new guys new guy face. Yeah, he's he's here. So I'm. He was one of he's been one of my favorites in nxt for he's a while awesome, he was i consider I him those in, white pants though i do I we got we got close yeah we got, we got close the, we with got the, the vest with the the but we got the the bleeding puerto rican flag we on did. down his thighs we that did. was nice too but the white pants though the all white ensemble will Ooh. not will always be <laughs> in our hearts <laughs> but um yeah, I think that's going to do it for us Yay! for this one. But I know that we have we have a quite a bit of wrestling coming up soon a lot down of the pipeline. So I know that we have um, we have an AEW pay per view coming up. Is that all in? Uh, all uh, in. I think it's double no. or nothing. I double think or nothing. Sorry. Later in the summer. Oh, that's in August. That's right. Sorry, um, sorry guys. So it's, you have double it's or nothing. Poker joke. It is, but you have double or nothing that's coming up. Which I think um, that might be your first show, Robert, with Chris. I believe it will be. Yeah, Yeah, because I I can't remember if there's another uh, WWE pay-per-view in between that. I just looked up the date. Night of Champions is May 27th, so I think it's It's the the same same weekend. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, so so we'll we'll probably be doing that one, and then you guys Uh, do the, the AEW one. Okay. Um, I think that's kind of how we, we yeah, broke it fair. down. That'll be fair. But if only there was a term for when there are like two exciting things happening, but you want to say that they're both like the main <laughs> thing. Uh, Full circle continuity. Oh man, we'll, we'll think of a term for it later. It's Sign fine. Yeah, it'll something. come to us later. Yeah, it'll come to us later. Um, but I know that um, Long Walk Talks is still on their hiatus, but I know they're they're cooking something up. I know yeah. they are. Ooh, because. Um, uh, Macbeth is almost over. It is. At, it is. At, as we're recording this again, we may be putting this out later. I'm not quite sure when we're going to be able to put this out. Yeah, depending on but, scheduling um, and everything like that. Because we have everyone, including Robert, involved in Macbeth. So yes. if this does come out before Macbeth is, you know, closes. Everyone come out to Rock Hill. Yeah, <laughs> to come watch Macbeth. this awesome Shakespeare play. Yeah, we yep, have downtown Rock Hill, South Carolina. We have one more weekend of it, um, and then we can get back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm kind of liking this run in the booth thing. You're, you're, you know? you're nailing it, man. I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting you it down. Are. I don't know why they talk about going mad with power. You seem so happy over there. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's kind of my aesthetic. I'm like, you know, mad with power, but like bunnies. That, that, you know? dim- that dimple did get you, though. That dimple was coming for you. Hey, if we ever go and do video versions of this oh my gosh you, you guys we'll see the mad dimple it does come out the so. mad dimple is because i have two but only one comes out when yeah. i'm angry your left cheek is like strong <laughs> strong well i think that's gonna wrap it up for us yeah talking about dimple talk um <laughs> you know what it's so funny since i've been pregnant I feel like this ending is so hard for me to do. And I don't know if it's because my brain is just completely fried by the end of these that I forget what I'm supposed to do and yeah. say. But I, I know what I'm supposed to do, but yeah. it never comes out organically. So I just end up rambling. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's you, totally fine. Do you think of the Butterbean as being on your developmental roster right now? Yes. Oh. Yes, yeah, she's in developmental. That yep. is. 
Yeah. Butter, Butterbean is what I'm calling my child right now, friends, if I haven't yes, mentioned that. Yes, that's true. Um, we have names picked out, but we just aren't revealing yet. Um, Until so she's here. We've been calling her Butterbean. So yes, Butterbean is in developmental right now. That is so <laughs> sweet. I love it. All right, guys. So that's going <laughs> to going to do it for us i love how i've tried to segue so You've hard and it's it. not working so, uh, for this is a takeover i'm shelby ray patterson and i'm gina brafford and you don't have to be called up to the main roster you're doing fine where you're at <laughs>